Hey, buddy, it's it's uh, it's it's been a minute. Hi. Why are you so close to your microphone? What the hell was that? Oh, um, because because I wanted I want to get really intimate with you because it's like you know sometimes. <laughs> well, then don't talk in a normal voice, you goober. <laughs> <laughs> Blow out everybody's ears. Oh, I'll fix that in post, or maybe I won't. Uh, hey, <laughs> hey, Fred, welcome back. Nice Hello. to see you. It's been a minute. It's been it's been five weeks, I believe. I think that's accurate. I think that we've both been traveling the world, but never in the same place. But now we're back in Los Angeles, and instead of like you know getting lunch, this is just the way that we that we catch up and say hi. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Hollywood's version of uh, catching up is doing a podcast together. That sounds about <laughs> right, actually. Yeah. Do you want to get martinis? No. Okay. Well, we can just we can just record a podcast. It's basically the same thing. People can listen to our conversation. It's I, the, the, I don't even where, where where to begin. It's been five weeks. There's like so much Dota stuff. There's like so much tournament stuff. There's so much like I was in Japan for a month stuff. <laughs> you were in Berlin for like two weeks stuff. There's let's a, start with Japan. Give me one. How was your trip in Japan? How was all the matcha that you had? I think I realize why people like to travel to Japan. I think I realize why it is a big tourist destination. I think I realize why they're so welcoming of tourism, why there's an industry built around it. I think I understand why people are excited about it. I, I, I think the best way to describe it is that um, I don't often get like overwhelmed like at all like I, I think that like my emotions are pretty like mid and sometimes I get excited but like I, I really seldomly feel overwhelmed right when mm-hmm. I was in Japan I just felt like excited because I was overwhelmed with stuff like like the culture and the food and the transport and the people and the city and the and the stores and the been the, 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 the everything like I, I was just overwhelmed in like a really positive way that made me smile all the time. I, I got to spend two weeks. I was mostly in uh, Osaka and Tokyo and I was there for work. Um, we we had a, a bunch of smash events that were happening during Golden Week because Ultimate is like really big in Japan. And there's a bunch of like really cool grassroots tournament organizers there. So we brought our smash players and then we filmed like a bunch of content with them. We did like a podcast with Daigo. We did like some vlogs. We filmed some Alienware commercials in Japan. We, we went there and we did like nine different things in the span of, in the span of a week, which is how I justified going over there myself. Um, and, and then proceeded to also, you know, do everything that we wanted to do in those cities, which, which was, really super rad um some of the travel was a little bit rough not because the travel was rough but because i ended up having to like be the talent manager for for like hungry box and some of our players um mm. they like they missed flights they didn't know where they were going they didn't know where their uh-huh. hotel was so i spent like a week and a half um being like a like a talent manager which is a role that i've never done in esports before um or or like really really in general right like i've i've never just kind of been responsible for uh what I can essentially call having children. And I think that it is actually that week of my life of having to cart people around and then be like, oh, I didn't like, I didn't know how to get my visa or I didn't bring any cash to Japan, a big cash society or, oh man, none of my, none of my debit cards work. I can't use an ATM. Can you pay for my trade ticket? <laughs> like the, the amount of that that I dealt with was a little bit frustrating, but it, I, it actually reinforced that I don't know if I want to like have children to be responsible for other people. Mm, yeah. <laughs> In a really, yeah. really, really real way. 
because it felt yeah, like you, it felt yeah. like I had teenagers, Austin. It felt, it felt like I was uh, I, I was a father of two teenagers and then like three employees for weeks. Yeah, how many uh, how many players were you responsible for? So uh, to, to be clear, in case like John Lewis or anybody listens to this, I wasn't responsible for them the whole time. But like, sure, there th- th- there were like three players um, who were there. Um, we we have a player, four players who were there because we actually have a Smash player from Japan. His name's Atelier, uh, which is French, which is confusing, but w- whatever. Um, <laughs> so, so there's a player in Japan who didn't really need much much babysitting, but then we we brought three people: uh, Riddles, DeBuzz, and Hungrybox with us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. That uh, <laughs> esports players are stunted adults. Uh, I'll just put it that way. Most they, of them, like ninety percent of them, are are stunted adults because they went from being a very likely shut-in gamer uh, who either succeeded during high school or during college probably have never had a full-time job and get directly put into a environment where when you go places people book your flights they give you food every day all three meals are are prepared for you like you don't have to do anything so they remain in that bubble potentially for years in years, potentially a decade of being in a bubble where everything is taken care of for you, uh, you know, and yeah, that's uh, so. So they just end up becoming stunted adults where they don't know how to do the normal adult things to do. They don't know how to take responsibility for things because their responsibility is playing a video game really well and all of their needs are somebody else's responsibility, which mm-hmm. is what you are as a child is your needs are the responsibility of your parents. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of continue that as an esports player, because now your needs are the responsibility of your manager. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so, so that happened and I feel fine about it, but not, not what I expected, especially in a place where like, I'm also like, my, my strategy for learning Japanese was to basically know how to say 10 important things. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Which yeah. is actually, it, that needs to be my strategy now anytime I travel to a foreign country that I don't know the language. Because I got on so much better just being able to, you know, say excuse me and sorry and ask for water and do all those basic things, right? The okay, problem what were is, the 10 things? What were the 10 things? Um, uh, excuse me, sorry. No, 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 You can't. You I'm putting, can't, you, I'm putting you on a test um, here. You just spent two weeks in Japan. Okay. Um, arigato gozaimasu. Uh, it's it's uh-huh. very, very important. Just say that all the time. That's thank um, you. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, Sumasen uh-huh. is, is is excuse me. Um, omuzu kudasai is is, is uh, can I have water, please? Um, mm-hmm. Toilet. Um, uh, Rikai Dekimasen is uh, I don't understand. Um, Ego Ohana Semaska is do you speak English? Um, Ni Hongo Wo Wakarimasen is I don't speak Japanese. Um, And that's that's the majority of what I was saying. 
As, and then like you know hi ea ichi sure um whew, that was pretty good I that, feel was, sweaty. That, was, that was 10 yeah good job <laughs> um but so so my brain I, I don't know if you've ever experienced before this before um i constantly wanted to speak spanish a language that let's be really clear i don't speak <laughs> I, I i speak spanish like a two-year-old i could i barely got by in Lima at Mexico um, and had a lot of questions but my brain instead of saying all the Japanese things I was learning just responded to people one out of every 30 times in Spanish which is less helpful than trying to speak English um, and really confusing and then when I got back in like on, on Wednesday I was at Ralph's and I said excuse me to somebody in Japanese which also <laughs> makes no sense <laughs> like a fucking idiot so it's probably because uh, you're probably not a true bilingual, so your brain just kind of like sections off other languages all in the same pro- probable area, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, I need to speak, I need to say something in other language, and you know, your brain just <laughs> reaches into that box and yeah. pulls it out, you know? Uh, that's that's what I assume, because I have heard that before. Uh, I haven't experienced it, no, but uh, I have heard many other people experience yeah. that, yeah. Uh, some some quick some quick Japanese highlights. Um, I you mentioned matcha. I did have a matcha every single day. Um, yes, I saw your list. There was there, there, there were there was a lady in Tokyo in in Asakusa who had like her own little matcha stand, and she ranked them the levels of matcha. It was like one through eight, and every level she has put more matcha in her latte, and she had my favorite matcha. But you couldn't order a level eight until you've had a level seven, and she gave you like a little like ticket that said I. I trust you to order a level eight. You can handle it because it's so much, right? Um, uh-huh. So on on my second to last day there, um, I actually extended my trip two days because I was having so much fun. And Delta gave me a Delta gave me like two hundred dollars refunded to like take a later flight. It was really dope. Um, wow. I I went back and I ordered a level eight, and I it felt like I snorted Adderall because there was so much caffeine in me. And okay, which, I've had matcha. St- stuff before mm-hmm. uh i can't say it's ever struck me as something that i'm like oh my god i'm gonna dedicate every day for two weeks straight to to getting something in that regard what what is really strong matcha like because i feel like i probably have never had that so everybody who i gave it to um it's like increasing the bitterness level because you're just adding more of the ingredient, right? Like you're just making okay. it stronger and like denser. So it, it is like way more bitter and way more caffeinated. And I like bitter quite a bit. So I'm in for more matcha because I like the base flavor. And if you just add more flavor, it gets better for me. When I make matcha at okay. home, I, I like triple dose it. Or like when I go to Starbucks, I normally put in like four scoops. I'll be like, can I have eight? Um, so, but dude, it, th- th- that that was really rough. Um, I stayed in a capsule hotel for a night when I when I extended my trip because I thought, oh man, this is gonna be so much fun. Like, I mean, it's like it's like a hostel. It's like thirty dollars. It'll be really cheap, and it was miserable because I learned as soon as I got to the capsule hotel that they are not um, 
temperature regulated or controlled at all so i was (laughs) that's very important when you're in a little capsule what the fuck oh dude so so this capsule um they actually did like a sleep analysis report on you so there's like infrared cameras watching you the whole time and like speakers to like see how much you like turn over and snore and if you stop breathing so i'm like oh this is so much cool i'm gonna get like sleep data and then really all the all that happened was i was laying there in my underwear on like a one inch padded mattress on the hardest pillow I've ever slept in my entire life um, in, in a warm coffin, which wasn't awesome. The next day I checked out and went to, I went to a hotel. <laughs> it was so bad. I can't believe um, you stayed there. I would have left. I got there so late that like trying to rebook a hotel at like 11 p.m. Uh, uh, I was okay. like, I was like, I paid for this. I'm in for it. I'm going to, I'm going to suffer through one night. It'll be a story I can tell somebody, but like that, that experience, not great. Great story. I I slept in a coffin. It was really bad. (laughs) I'm just here to tell anybody who has romanticized the idea of a capsule hotel, because I think it caught me because it is cool. I think just 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 see if yours has an air there's not even an air vent i don't mean it's not air conditioned or heated i mean there is no circulating air inside (laughs) in addition to being hot there's not even like one of those little airplane like twisty give a little vent out situations that's bad Uh, man um i watched the i watched a laker game in 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 a sports bar which there aren't many of in japan and they were really excited that i was from los angeles and people were ordering shots for the entire bar at like eight nine in the morning um so, <laughs> so i go meet up nice. I, I go meet up with my friends after the laker game with her like joe you're kind of red it's like it's like 11 a.m i'm like yeah someone ordered me like four shots um so so that day sucked um <laughs> i walked like and you watched them lose <laughs> I, no no that, that was actually them beating their gonna lose to the nuggets probably it's like oh three but like that this oh, was when they were okay, beating right. this the was uh, two weeks ago Sorry. yeah th- th- this was this was a week ago when they were when they just beat the warriors it was the final game of the warriors right, right um i i helped a kid uh with his english homework on the train he came up to me was really cute he's like do you speak english and i said yes how did you know <laughs> He's White like, man. can you help me with your, <laughs> yes, can you help me with my spelling homework? And I, and like, I would flush because anybody who's seen me type anything or communicate with me knows that it's like not really a strong student, something I put a lot of work into, but, um, <laughs> I just helped the kid cheat. <laughs> I, I, I hope you got something wrong. I hope you spelled something wrong. <laughs> just to make it the look more real like no I, I i had a white man spell this for me <laughs> you know english is his primary language he can't possibly be wrong um i went to some onsens with friends which was which was fun and definitely not what? an hr problem like 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 an onsen like like get naked have a bath hot spring oh. yeah okay yeah, yeah yeah we all saw each other's peepees you know that was fun cool, cool. and mildly traumatizing you know, um, uh, it, there it, it, every every LAN event, uh, Blitz has uh, started a a sauna crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, various players from various teams all to get together in a sauna. But of course, it's esports players, so nobody takes off their underwear. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> nobody which... feels comfortable being naked around each other. I so. don't believe I I. I... Tofu can Tofu's definitely a go naked person. I'm sure he is, but 
<laughs> I, like for example like i i also wear underwear like i go to saunas and mm-hmm. i'm fine with being naked but in that situation right where everybody else is wearing like i'm just really i'm like well i'm gonna make everybody else feel awkward exactly exactly <laughs> i'm the one naked so you know i wore underwear too you know i only did it once it was uh it was just because i was on a workout fiend right there you got you got to match the vibe of the room right yeah i guess so yeah and the vibe of japan was everybody was just very naked um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know ate, ate a lot of really good ramen ate a lot of really good udon i have recommendations for people if they ever want them to go to tokyo soon um but yeah i i really liked japan i'm gonna try and go back during the winter season because i want to go snowboarding there that's my uh mm. that's my next goal hit some half pipes before my back gives out forever okay but i i i I hear this all the time that people go to japan for snowboarding but there's no way the snowboarding is better than all the other places you could go for snowboarding okay you have a little bit of a point um because mammoth mountain which we are five hours away from is truly one of the best mountains in the world and you could also just go to Colorado or Utah and is have, fin- yeah, Ma- Mammoth is like widely regarded as being phenomenal. Did I, I swear to God, I think I went to Mammoth and I had a miserable time. What? Dude, yeah. we're, dude we're going to go to Mammoth. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, will, I will get you in my car and we will go. <laughs> I mean, like I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. There's like lots of mountains over there and they're, they were all nicer and less icy and, and lots of things. It's all the man-made snow and shit. There's a lot of snow in Japan in in the right regions. I'm like, I want to mm. go hang out in Hokkaido. I, I it's both okay. that I want to be there and snowboarding is a good excuse to be there. And I think and like they do have a lot of mountains. They have a lot of mountains that also are like um, like skate parky, uh, for mm. for snowboarders. And I I, I dabble in, in in some jumps and boxes and tubes. So you know, uh, I do not. I like going fast. Mm-hmm. And I like lots of powder, so when I go really fast, you go. I can whoosh. throw powder all over the place, and when I crash, I don't die. That's also a nice. That's a little bonus as well. I mean, th- this is definitely five years ago in his twenties, Joey speaking. But uh, <laughs> your boy likes to hit some boxes and rails. Um, <laughs> I might feel differently about that every day that passes. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna feel real differently about it when you're uh, snowboarding in your soon-to-be 30s, and when you hit the, the you hit the ground, <laughs> your body does not react the same way as it used to. And I go, "Ooh, how do hospitals in Japan work?" <laughs> oh, me, oh my! Um, <laughs> Instead of the next day just being like kind of shrugging it off, and the next day you can't get out of bed, you're like, "Oh God, what have I done?" Man, I did. I like. I did the weeb shit in Akihabara. We went to like a. We went to like a host cafe accidentally that was S and M themed accidentally. Um, <laughs> oh, another HR incident. I see. <laughs> <laughs> also with coworkers. Funny enough. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so I, I. I guess you know. I. I just. Un- I understand why people romanticize it and have a lot of fun when they go there because there is just so mm. much stuff to do. And if you're if you're cool with it, like it is, it is definitely a lot of fun and. Your money can kind of go far, especially right now. That's cool. Well, uh, all in all, trip success. All, it was all, 
Yeah, not only did I, like, get a work trip and grift a vacation off of it, it feels like I actually took a vacation, which it's been... I think I think the last time that it actually felt like I took a vacation was TI, so it's probably been... Did you, you know, get to come back and not work for a couple days? Because you're like, man, I just worked for two weeks, guys. So... <laughs> because I extended the trip, I actually ate into the days that I had booked out as recovery uh, days and just spent them in Japan. But I'm I'm convinced that jet lag isn't real, so I just got back and just hit the ground running, no problem. Sure, sure. That's because you were traveling east to west. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, actually, I guess you were going east, west to east, <laughs> just on the other side of the <laughs> international date line. <laughs> it's, uh... I have completely ruined my sleep schedule and most things about my life, though, for the last four days, because I, I so I went to the Nintendo store on Breath of the Wild, rele- excuse me, Tears of the Kingdom release day, and uh, that was really, because, because it was like in Japan, and it was at the Nintendo store, and the game was coming okay. out, so like, you know. You, no, my first thought is just like, that sounds like a lot of people for a thing that I could just get online. Yeah, but they had, like, exclusive stuff, so I got some of it and brought it back as gifts, mm. I'm going to resell some of it, but like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> ah there it is there it is money <laughs> stop stop uh but but that that game has ruined i i forced myself to not play it until i got on the airplane on the way back which i played the entire 10 hours home and i've been basically cramming into every ounce and moment of my life that i that i that i could for the last four or five days um i'm saving that for all my trips coming up you'll I haven't touched it yet you'll have a great time you'll have a great time it'll, it'll be like a casual stream game if you want it like post trips uh you'll you'll you'll, you'll be chilling a lot of fun all right is it dota time is it dota time you yeah i went to our dota 2 uh-huh and we went to top and instead of this week i did this month <laughs> which doesn't even cover how long it's been Woo! so the top posts are Eternal Envy, retiring from Dota. I don't care. I don't that. care. Yeah, I don't care. Samael, playing on a Chinese team, both for you know someone in Germany and now actually, uh, actually full time on the team. It looks like they're doing well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's yeah. good PR for everybody. Samael looks like he's smiling for the first time in eight months. Like those all sound like wins. I mean, I think uh, Samael has had some serious ups and downs uh, in his career and I think that the downs help him probably realize uh, um, that he's got to like appreciate where he's at and respect the that it's it's not as easy as it was when he was 16 you know he wasn't levels he's no longer levels above everyone else you know so mm-hmm. you you aren't just like a de facto like show up and like hey, I want to be on this team and everybody will make room for you. You know, that's not the way Dota is anymore. There are way too many good teams and everybody's skill level is like within striking distance of each other. And the difference is made up in, you know, the hard work and team synergy and all those buzzwords that go into it. So it's no longer one kid showing up and just dominating everybody and carrying four other dudes. Can't do that anymore. Astro's kind of been my Chinese team for a minute. Uh, I, I think that it's fun having Sumail over there. I think they will be moderately successful. Uh-huh. I still don't fully understand the problems that come with the language barrier there. 
Like, does Sumial just work to learn some more Mandarin? Does he just I mean, play one muted? thing about that team that is very interesting to see whether or not it works is not, for me, the language barrier, which, you know, we've had situations like that before. It's actually the fact that Azure seems to just, like, and, and maybe it's the Chinese team as a whole, they seem to be, like, stumbling over themselves to give Sumail whatever he wants to be comfortable and I think that you would not be able to find that kind of treatment for most tier one teams out there. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll see whether or not that's a good thing or not, right? Aster's playing entirely around Sumail, right? Like their supports are just doing whatever Sumail needs to succeed. Like they think this guy is God's gift to Dota and they want to enable him as much as possible. And we'll see whether or not that is a, a formula for success. I mean, I, I think the like the clear goal helps make things like easy mm -hmm. uh, in some regard. And I think it'll be super interesting to see whether or not this fits on like an international stage. Um, so yeah, I, I think it. I think it'll be pretty interesting because I think most teams are um, a little bit more complicated than that. And you know, maybe I'm I'm oversimplifying the Aster situation. I don't know. I'm not on that team, but from the outside looking in, it seems like the the most. This is the team that has the one factor in it, and everything else is built up around that, and that's the male. That's that's what that's the way I look at that team. They're four zero. They 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 yeah. haven't dropped a game yet, so. I mean, well, listen, Chinese EPC don't mean shit. <laughs> Let's be real. They same five years ago. China don't mean shit right now, so they could go seven and zero. It wouldn't. It would. I would still be holding my breath. I would still be waiting to see what's going to happen on international competition, uh, both for this major and TI. I think this major is also a weird one because there are some teams who the top rated teams, Gaming Gladiators, Team Liquid, they are already qualified for TI. So it's hard. And there's going to be more teams that are going to be qualified for TI based off of their regional DPC points. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the best teams in the world don't really have motivation to like do well at the last major. So I'm not even sure if that, that competition is really going to be able to suss out people too much. Really just TI. Do you think that's healthy? A team, um, a team, but we specifically talked about that. You called it the two that are like definitely going to TI and probably the two that have been the most dominant like all year. Talon is also going to be in there because I think they're likely to get first in C and then they get another 500 points. That'll probably put them uh, in 100% in guaranteed territory. Uh, do I think that's healthy? I think it is acceptable. I think sometimes you do need to give reassurances to teams and make sure that teams that do well over the year are guaranteed to go to the, the world championship. Now, whether or not that world championship should be the be-all, end-all of your entire esports scene and, like, nothing else really matters, um, that part we've talked at length multiple times. I think it creates um, a, I think it creates a lot of problems. I'm, I mean, more so the idea of potentially, like, taking your foot off the gas for the last season. 
to to kind of ease up your yes. month or two before ti like like do you think for that your is a success as a team yes i do think it's important uh because we've seen enough of these teams and players and especially the veteran ones how many times have they kind of like phoned it in for the first six months of the the year you know like uh they always we hear so many interviews where they talk about it like it's a slog that you know like they get really burnt out they play so much dota that like you know like they go to these events they they come back they just don't want to scrim or anything like that anymore you want to be a team that is on the rise and is feeling good and enjoying playing when you go into ti which is a very stressful event um i don't think you want to be uh burnt out so you know the OG formula that was definitely uh, part of their like TI nine run. I think um, you could look at some other teams like Secret. You can look at other dominant teams over the year um, that you know tend to have fail at TI. Virtus Pro was a great example of that, mm-hmm. right? Um, that probably is not to do with burnout, but I'm more so thinking of like the TI the 2017 Virtus Pro um, that VP who was dominating throughout the year. Um, who knows if burnout was a factor for them. The current Virtus Pro, I think they're just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think there's just maybe some personality problems or something going on there. We're seeing something incredibly similar to like that VP or that secret year with Gaiman right now. They're just winning everything, right? So it'll be interesting to see if that kind of carries through, if they if they change something, if they are also a team that, you know, wins all the majors and then kind of putters out at TI, or if they're just that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Um, sorry, I just... <laughs> <laughs> I just had like some some big new. I just like glanced at my Twitter timeline and then I just saw something that popped up and I was just like, uh, all right, that's now in my head. Um, sorry, I, it's I don't know if it's something we want to talk about on the podcast, but uh, either way, um, what were you talking about? <laughs> the idea that like, you know, you talk about the secret year, you talk about the VP or where they dominate an entire mm-hmm. calendar and oh, then yeah, just falter gladiators. but the gaming gal gladiators is setting themselves up for like a very similar arc and we'll see you know can they carry through and convert in ti season does taking a, a little break and maybe trying less hard season three help them um or are they the team that can just win everything all year long like it'll be interesting to see that narrative compared to similar dominating years of teams past yeah i think there are some differences where there is not um a whole lot of veterans to tier one success. Maybe some of those players have been around for a while, uh, but they haven't experienced the kind of success they're experiencing now. uh, And that can maybe be very intoxicating. And Mm -hmm. I think they're generally speaking like a pretty young, hardworking squad, um, Mm -hmm. very motivated. I don't think motivation is going to be as big of an issue with maybe some, some of those rosters in the past, but there is still the problem. Like there are two separate problems, right? It's the motivation aspect, but it's also the 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 burnout aspect, but it's also the uh, just being figured out as a team, right? Like you see them be successful so often, you get studied so much. Um, that Everyone preps for them for TI, right? Like yeah. everybody looks at their VODs and see what they're doing. Sure, yeah. Now there is some aspect of it. Sometimes teams just do something so well that you can't uh, necessarily counter it. So I think that they are, if I had to guess, I don't think they're going to be uh, shut down pre-top eight. I think they're probably they're probably going to be a top eight team. They may not win TI, uh, and maybe that's where that factor of like being 
so well known for what you do uh, becomes a factor. But I think um, I think they're still like good enough at what they do that I'm going to assume they make top eight at TI, if not much better. I'm interested to see if they continue to to carry their momentum into Bali even. Yeah. It, it yeah. really, it really mean, is well, all eyes on them. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what their attitude is going to be about uh, Bali either. Uh, um, obviously, they did very well at ESL1 Berlin, which I don't think we even talked about. Uh, um, th- at this no. point, it's pretty old news. It, it is. Um, what, what would even be like the... If, if you did 30 seconds on ESL1 Berlin for the people who are like, oh man, they weren't around to talk about it, what would you even say? I would say... Um, Nine pandas impressed me, and yep. the lower bracket run for uh, Liquid made me happy to see them deal with adversity well, because I think that's important. And uh, <laughs> They just keep on doing lower bracket runs all the time. You know? And um, that that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think um, EG was another standout. I mean, they got top four. Uh, at a Valve event, people are always gonna. People kept on pointing to the ESL on Birmingham. That was when we had like tons of minors and majors. I don't count that one. They got like top four because top four was like um, it was like Chaos Esports or it was the South American uh, Chaos, I think, or mm-hmm. something like that. Anyway, they um, they got top four, and I remember, if I remember correctly, that was like a a group stage deal that ended in a four team playoff mm. and they got fourth if i'm remembering that correctly i think that's how that that went that feels or they like got it third barely count yeah i mean i i just for a major i, I don't know that was that was just a weird period of time uh yeah they got third off of beating maneski it was a 14 playoff they beat maneski uh and then lost to virtus pro and then had a third place match, one of the few third place matches in Dota history against uh, Fnatic and ended up beating Fnatic to be able to get third. Hmm. It feels like oh, it's a 16 playoff. Oh, that's what it is. So some two teams were slotted in semifinals and then four teams in the quarterfinals. That's how oh. it works. The Counter-Strike so. formula. Yeah, exactly. They were, they were trying to follow counter-strike at that time the uh but yeah i would say dream league and uh berlin were good again good events for me personally um pretty interesting um did you berlin feel like you did extremely good work smooth them? event like were, were, were you happy with the work you did casting wise uh yeah it was okay i didn't work the last day which i always hate um but that was because avery had a a life event that we already knew about beforehand so he wouldn't be there for the the last day so um but yeah it was i mean it was a long haul from dream league to berlin um we got a, a lot of reps in for casting and i think we have hit a pretty good stride um now we're doing southeast asia and then we're going to go back to Dream League and, uh, and then probably the Bali Major. Uh, and then if we do that, then maybe we're going to Riyadh as well. Not all of those things are actually set in stone just yet, but That's that not, is I mean, likely the, uh, the trajectory of my travel. It's, it's not, not great. Europe's, Europe, Southeast Asia, Middle East. 
yeah. and then back to LA. And then back to LA probably a couple times in between. <laughs> it's it's funny how we were talking about, you know No, it's all one trip. It's These all are all back to back to back events. Oh, yeah. you're gonna need places to do laundry. <laughs> a lot of laundry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to pack your favorite shirts and use them a lot. It's funny how we were talking about, you know, not more than a couple months ago, how you were looking at your calendar for the year and being like, oh, shit, there's not much on here. And now we're having a conversation of like, I think I have to go to three events back to back to back. I can't come home. Um, yeah, I mean, that was before Dream League was announced. And even though I kind of knew Dream League was a thing, um, if it was the DPC problem, right? If I didn't work the mm-hmm. DPC, uh, um, then it's also my like I got. I worked with ePulse. I work with ePulse for the DBC, and then mm-hmm. they were also the ones to invite me to Lima as well. So it's possible that work relationship turned into me doing the major as well. So you know, these things are all very, um, I think, very dependent. You just never really have any security of of what you're going to get and what you don't. You, you touched on Dream League for a second, and I, and I have one Dream League question. Uh, how, did you like the format that was implemented where you had two... It, it was two groups in the initial group stage where two groups of eight, bottom four from each group were eliminated, and the upper four made a second group stage group of eight where, again, the bottom four were eliminated. So just a, a lot of group elimination, and that first group stage was uh, best of twos. Do you think that was a good experience from the teams did you hear anybody complaining about that it was a good for the viewership like things that i don't like about the dream league format i don't know what the invitation system seems really freaking weird first place gets a guaranteed to riyadh and then first and second for the second season or maybe first second and third but then there's still like 14 other teams to figure out or something like that mm-hmm. so if you're getting if you're going to dream league you're probably going to react yeah so like the prize isn't like the prize the money but like the whole Riyadh guaranteed invite like again if you're invited to dream league you're one of the best teams in the world so therefore you're probably going to Riyadh like that it's there's it's no- like 90 percent of the teams are already going to that event so not even that. Like, even if you look at second place, like they're not gonna not invite Liquid. If if Gaming got second, they're not gonna not invite Gaming. They're not gonna not invite Shopify or EG or Tundra or OG. Right? Yeah. Like all of these teams are going and should feel secure about going. And then what, what yeah. was the price pull beyond that? Like, I guess the difference between first and second place was a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean it was a lot of money overall. Right? Wasn't it like five hundred thousand? A million dollars among sixteen participants. Yeah, and five hundred thousand for first place or three hundred thousand. Three hundred thousand. Okay. Three hundred one seventy-five, one twenty eighty-five. Sorry, I guess the Valve model in my head of TI, you know, where the (laughs) first place gets fifty percent of the prize pool. Uh, Yeah, I think um, the double group stage was interesting, but. I, I, I liked it as a Dota fan. Um, I do think it kills some of the hype of Dota. Like you have that much Dota and then you go straight into the major, right? It's that part is not that great because you just grind so much Dota that you have really, really narrowed down who the absolute best teams are. And then you go into the major event and say, okay, let's do it again. When you're like, wow. 
But we already know who the absolute best teams are right now. And that's why we saw the same teams at the grand finals, right? Um, and I think that's going to be a problem again for Bali. I do think if I was doing a major, I'd be like, man, this Dream League thing kind of like takes a, a bit of a uh, bit of wind out of our sails uh, um, and in that regard. But uh, I think it, the results overall positive. And it's just the double group stage on how many games that have that, you know, kind of impacts your feelings of going into the major because then once you finish up the major you start the dpc and then you're just kind of like whatever <laughs> the, the results were also nearly the same like the teams that were getting top eight in dream league were the same teams that were getting top eight and that's into that second group stage with the exception of yeah. like tsm uh did better at dream league than esl but mm-hmm. basically all of the same teams were the ones you were seeing play against each other time and time again yep yep Yep. So I, the, the only thing I actually made it like, I think that's going to be a b- bigger problem for Bali uh, because of the fact that you don't have the new patch, right? The new patch hit in the middle of Dream League. Uh, so people were still kind of figuring out for the major, right? So we would still have some, maybe some swerves happening in that regard. There was still higher variance, I guess, in mm-hmm. teams playing capability on the new patch. Yeah. The events but, were essentially on two different games at Dota. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What have else? I mean, the patch, right? How much? Yeah. Oh, eh. how how much Dota have you actually been playing over the last month? Uh, I played a good amount. Good amount. Like, uh, in fact, I won seven games in a row yesterday. I woke up, started playing Dota, and all I could do was just win, win, win. No matter what. I kept what. the same playlist going. The, the, I was like, I'm getting tired of this playlist. And then I realized I'd only won. I was like, well, better not change things up. I mean, uh, you know, got something good going on. Uh, I played a good amount of the patch. I think it's kind of whatever. Um... I think that is prone to happen, to be clear. I think that is prone to happen whenever you have a really big patch. Um, it does. There are things that probably need to be smoothed out, and that's fine. Um, There's things you were asking for, right, though? Like, you, you got some my, of the things on your wish list, like the map changed. The map changed, yes. The map mm-hmm. got much bigger. Um you know, like Dota fans are always going to complain. I'm going to do some complaining here. I do think that the some of the changes were not entirely well thought out when it came to the the map changes, at least from my perspective. I'm sure that like they actually did put in the time and thought into it. And sometimes you have a theory and that theory uh, doesn't actually play out in reality, right? When you get thousands and tens and hundreds of thousands of people playing tens and thousands of games. It's like, uh, you know, things are going to end up a little bit different. But uh, I do think that the patch is uh, getting more interesting to watch over time. I think as we narrow down some of the, the swings, I think right now one of the things that they did that I'm not a massive fan of is the wisdom runes that they put into the game to replace the tomes of experience. Um, that was okay. Um, but it created yet another objective on the map, which, uh, the, you know, the, this has been memed to death, but there are constant timings, right? It's like 
three minutes, minutes here seven minutes, minutes here five minutes here seven minutes yeah it's it's like constant right you know, you like the the ultimate timing is is uh 42 minutes you know what happens at 42 minutes joey do you get like wisdom runes and then a good respawn on a tormentor and like a uh, yes wisdom uh, wisdom rune uh very likely the fourth tormentor is going to be spawning uh around that time uh decent chance that roshan teams since to happen around like 20 minutes so you're probably expecting it to be usually 20 30 40 around that area uh power runes have just spawned uh bounty runes have just spawned uh, i believe the uh the flowers have just refreshed um yeah it's just like literally there there are so many things and and maybe you know there is I like decision path trees when it comes to Dota. Um, that's why I'm a big fan of the neutral item change, being mm -hmm. able to choose which five items uh, you want for yourself. I think that's cool. But right now it feels like a lot of these objectives are mandatory. Like the wisdom rune was already kind of important, but now they doubled up the wisdom rune. So it's twice as much experience, which now means that if you have your wisdom rune stolen, your game is so fucked. <laughs> It is so bad. Like they tried to buff up the experience for supports because supports are getting really under leveled. Uh, like it would be like 14 minutes in and some supports still weren't level six. And they're like, OK, we'll just double the wisdom rune experience. And now it's like the single most important objective in the game. And if you lose like let's say you lose your seven and 14 minute uh, wisdom rune, I, I think your chances of winning the game are like 15 percent. Almost I'm, no matter what your lineup is, because I'm sure someone's done math on that, right? <laughs> yeah, like you just don't like you're the, the enemy supports are level seven and eight, and you're level five. Like the impact in team fights and what you can do in, around the map is massive. Um, so I feel felt like that was a very blunt uh, change that they made in the patch that did not feel very. Um, I don't know. It was just you just took a fucking big fucking patch stick and just whacked the fucking patch on the head, you know? Like, that was... Is that from the latest letter update? That was not the most updates? beautiful change I've ever seen in the world. Is, is, is that change from the latest letter update? Like, is that from C or yeah, D or what Yeah, that's 733C, I C. believe. okay. Yeah, so... I haven't played uh, um, A, B, or C yet, but when 3.3 came out, um, I played more Dota in the span of a week than I have in, like... 18 months i yep. i was fiending pretty hard in a way that i was like oh no maybe this is why i slowed down on playing because i'm like not taking a shower and <laughs> not like attending to other life needs i'm missing meals and and i and i fully felt like i got back to uh, a, a decade ago where i just wanted to sit there and like learn stuff and test stuff and twiddle with stuff and press the q button immediately after you know it, it finished and the only reason it stopped i stopped doing that is because i got on a plane and left the country um <laughs> and the only reason i'm not doing it right now is because i'm trying to stop myself and also i'm playing a ton of, of of zelda and when i stop i might go back to just pounding the q button and trying to play more games do with my friends because i i really caught the bug and i think that the changes were so drastic it both got me excited to play and also made me feel like i needed to play to understand what was going to be going on uh with with like analysis of watching competitive games so yeah i know a lot of people uh started playing dota for the first time again when they hadn't for years you know, mm -hmm. uh, so it does it does go to show that like these big patch changes, they they do have an impact. 
Um, maybe, the, I, I don't know, maybe the numbers just aren't there, but I feel like uh, from all of the uh, all the people that I've heard talk about, like, oh man, I'm playing Dota again when I've never played it uh, in years and years and years because of this big change. Like, I would be incentivized as Valve to like, okay, like big change kind of like every year. But maybe the, the, the actual numbers behind it don't actually support that theory. Yeah, who who really knows? And I don't know if it was like a year that this every year this happened consistently. I don't know if I would like tire on that. But but it definitely again like I, I really caught the bug, and I was just I was spamming completely different heroes almost every game. I think I played like twenty four games on twenty different heroes, uh, yeah. just to kind of see changes and have fun and experiment and and see what was good. Yeah. So I think. Um... General, like there are some general fallouts from increasing the map change that this is the part that I, I feel like maybe wasn't the the clearest w- way thought out is that um, maybe this was just a reaction because the mid lane was so important in previous patches, but they made the side lane so important because all of the objectives are on the side lanes, Roshan, Wisdom Runes, the portals, the flowers, uh, you know, like the, these are all... <laughs> on the sides of the map. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think they they completely changed that aspect of the game. And maybe they were going for a stronger sw- shift and then scale it back from here. But uh, I do feel like they overemphasize the, the side lane importance because there are also all these neutral camps and they're all in the side lanes. They're not in the middle of the map. The middle of the map feels like a dead zone to me most of the time. Um, and so I, I feel like that was... Uh, too much and i think also when you make the map bigger wards <laughs> what about wards what about smokes what about your natural like moving around the map and understanding map positions of the enemy team that's going to change when you make the map 20 percent larger and they didn't do anything to help they, they, correct that in any way they, so, they added those you know neutral objective wards which definitely provide vision and don't cost money I think they're kind of whatever. Maybe they thought they were going to be more impactful than they actually are, but I think most of the time they are. Uh, you click on them because they're there. You know, you see it and you're like, ah, I'll click on that. But it, it feels like um, deboarding is incredibly hard. You have no idea where people's wards are because mm-hmm. the map is twenty percent bigger, and you have no idea what kind of vision they're trying to get on you because it's super hard to get There's vision on options, people in general. Yeah. So, yeah, it, smokes are much less effective. They did. I will give them credit. They did the the five or fifteen bonus movement speed at night. Um, so maybe that was supposed to to help with that concept of being able to get around the the, the map with these smokes better. Um, but. I, I do just generally think that like smokes and, and wards are, are far less effective. Dewarding is much less of a thing. I, I see people just kind of all the time, just like just kind of play the game um, right now and just not really almost like even try and deward. Maybe you deward an area when you're like before you're going to smoke, but otherwise it's just like, I don't know where their vision is, so I'm not really going to try. Um, so unless you have a Slark or a gem, then you know, you just kind of like give up on the vision game. Maybe as we figure out the map more, it'll become more clear, but I still think that like the 20% map makes it much harder. So I I like, I would have, maybe this is just too blunt of a change, but I, I expected like, if you're going to do something like that, then wouldn't you make 
wards and D wards more common, maybe cheaper um, or Bigger radius. Yeah, the radius is another factor or something like that. Uh, you know, like Ice Frog tends for very elegant changes when it comes to these sort of things. He doesn't go for the straightforward, you know. Mm-hmm. That's why the, the, the big fucking double wisdom rune threw me for a fucking loop. Because I feel like a lot of times <laughs> he tries to... Yeah. yeah, he tries to hit it from some other angle, you know? It's like, oh, this hero's doing too much damage? Well, I'm going to hit him on the cooldowns, you know? And then, like, that actually, you know, works. It actually does nerf the hero but still makes him feel strong when he needs to feel strong um that's just an example of like a roundabout change it does he doesn't just like oh too much damage will take away the damage you know so admittedly I, again i haven't played in like a month or close to that in this point since i've been gone but my initial games that i was playing with the bigger map i was actually having some real problems with farming patterns on like um position one position two heroes and sure. consistently feeling like i was not getting enough cs yeah. because i was either like in the wrong spot because the map was so big that i was really far away from fights if i wasn't a hero that could like get to a fight um which is why i played a couple specter games because i'm like ah, i guess i can just haunt in and that's probably good because i want to be farming but i i felt consistently consistently like i was not farming well enough and i think that the solve for that is probably just to go like watch some high level games and see what people are like doing farming wise um and and, yeah, and go steal up and some down the sidelines go up and down the sidelines also but, the double ancients they're next to each other so once you're strong enough to farm ancients you go down a side lane and then you go to the double ancient area and you farm both of that and that should, and then that pattern will probably take you through ninety percent of the game. You know, and yeah. yes, you are farther away from fights, but fights should be coming more to the sidelines naturally because that's where you're farming. So, I, I it's also made me just want to. I think we saw this reflected like in really early programs on the patch. Uh, just buy bots like all the time. Yeah, yeah. Just just like all the time, all the time. It feels like I want to buy to buy bots on whatever hero I'm playing just so I can get to places more efficiently. I don't know if that's still uh, prevalent. No, it, it definitely is. There is uh, a lot more bots. I think the biggest thing is um, gold generation and uh, mobility, I think, are pretty important. So all the spirits feel pretty good. Um, I, I think Spirit Breaker is actually a rising hero in part because of this whole thing. Illusion heroes are really good because... That, that's kind of like part of the gold generation the I'm talking about, right? There's there's more gold on the map. There is, uh, and lanes to push down. So illusions are naturally better, uh, right? Because you can farm multiple areas in the map at once. Um, and then alchemist, doom, those heroes are also like anything that can generate gold because a lot of times I feel like games get stalled out because bigger map makes it harder to close out the game. So. Especially in a lower bracket, which is why I, I was yeah. finding success just like playing really late game heroes. Uh, yeah. Anti Mage didn't feel good to me the couple times I tried it, but but basically everything else that was late game or late game adjacent felt great. I I haven't gotten to play Medusa after the change, so I'm I'm a little ignorant on that. But Medusa is still good. I think you're more reliant on the team chemistry than just being an OP hero from Ooh, before. That's rough and <laughs> by game yeah. sometimes. Like if I see a, somebody wants to play Deuce on my team, I like snap pick up because I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to life drain you and I'm going to give you mana 
And so effective HP, when I life drain you, it is three times more effective when I do it on a Dusa than it is any other hero in the game because I am feeding you mana and that mana turns into the mana shield, which, you know, because of the damage formula of how that works is going to be massively more effective. So uh, stuff like that. I mean, that hero is essentially still the same OP hero she was mm -hmm. at a certain point. She's just much weaker early on. What's your take on universal heroes uh well they changed the damage formula in 733c so universal heroes is all the rage right now everyone's trying to pick a universal hero um that'll probably tame down uh i think maybe some people have gone a little dug a little too deep into the universal hero pool and been like well this is universal hero it must be good um stop picking venge that hero's dog shit i don't know if it's a universal <laughs> hero in fact i just it, all of a sudden it stuck in my head i god i hate that hero so much i love that hero and i hate that hero because she's so dog shit is venge universal probably not she's probably agility but uh i think matt carry it's a big thing right now a lot of people are playing wind ranger those are the two i would say biggest universal hero buffs um that are like pretty clear right they do right click damage um well, it's, now Magnus does right-click damage. I guess there weren't too many people who were really building it as a right-clicker with the Empower build before, but now when he's universal, a lot of people are experimenting with this, right? Because he's getting more damage, and then his damage is amped up by Empower, right? So if you have some sort of damage steroid on a universal hero, it's going to feel really good. Um, Wind Ranger, essentially Focus Fire is a damage steroid, right? If you're doing more damage, then max attack speed is even more effective. Did they fix, um... Did they fix Ricky? <laughs> did they fix Ricky? Uh, was Ricky broken at the start of the patch? I actually don't remember. I, I think both there was, like, literally a bug to where he was broken, but I I remember it being really tormenty. Uh, people playing it, like, pause one, pause two. Uh, and, and it being kind of oppressive. Like, like Ricky and PL were, were the heroes that really stuck out to me early as, uh, mm. like, strong winners. Yeah. Phantom Lancer is, is still pretty decent. Um, Diffusible Blade is just a really big... Uh, oh, resource management is another theme of this patch, right? I said, mm. what was it? Uh, gold generation, mobility, resource management, right? Bigger, bigger map memes, it feels a lot worse to go back. Um, so a lot of these things like the flowers are actually really important in lane um, and you actively now see high level games they will fight over the flowers 100% both supports are going over there the cores are like I'm going to help out too um, because that resource management is very important that's why Pugna is also super effective right now it can give you that top off of heal and mana that you need to be able to stay out on the map instead of going all the way back home because if you don't have a boots of travel that, that trip is going to feel real bad most of the time um so because you want to stay on the map as much as possible right mm -hmm. there's just there's never a time where it's like well i farmed everything on the map and there's 20 seconds to go until creeps respawn that never happens now it's impossible that five heroes farming five different parts of the map and you probably will not run out of camps to hit uh or waves to hit so yeah i had a couple really successful games playing troll which i think i kind of want to play around a little bit more with i don't know about that one chief but uh <laughs> you do you and follow your dreams 
Uh, th- my dreams are oftentimes both <laughs> memes. Um, what 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 heroes have you been sticking to? Uh, what's 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 the advice for for anybody who wants to jump in right now? Uh, if you're playing support, play techies and pugna. Uh, techies is super strong right now. Um, that that hero, I'm having so much fun because playing him. Um, just in general, because I think his, um, okay, there, there's a number of things. First of all, the game was done right now. Now, like that's, that's the massive thing. Blast Staff now stuns automatically instead of needing the shard for it. I think that, um, his mines are a bit more useful, um, when it comes to certain objectives, uh, the portal, most specifically, right? You could mm-hmm. plan a triple mine on the portal. They portal in, they get hit by triple mines. It really sucks for them. Um, so you control portals a little bit better. Um, so he's very good at controlling Roshan, which is very nice. I think his uh, damage is probably overtuned because not just his magic damage, but also his right-click damage because he is a universal hero. So he was already, I think, people underrated how much damage he could do in right-clicks because he outranges you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's just hitting you nonstop in lane. Now with the damage formula, uh, that gets buffed up even more. When you know, like you start talking about level five, six, seven, like that's where you can, can actually feel that difference. Um, and I think also Taser is pretty effective against a lot of the um, a lot of the carries that are being run right now. You know, these uh, a lot of heroes are affected by this disarm. And I think in general, it was an unexplored hero. So mm-hmm. now that you have a stun on blast off, it gives the people a lot more incentive to play it. And I think we're finding that like, oh yeah, this hero's actually kind of broken now. So all good things there. Uh, Pugna, we already talked about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, about if, you wanna play, if you want to play a core, Joe, you could play this one. In fact, I think it's actually right up your alley. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not quite Chaos Knight, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's another strength hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do Omni play Knight. This. Try Omni Knight carry. Omni Knight carry. Yes. Do you play the like damage. an Abaddon carry? No. no. You play it as a burst hero, kind of like Chaos Knight in that regard. You don't have illusions, but you do burst people down. Because his new damage formula for um for his Hammer of Purity the the pure damage is so insane because you get this level 10 talent where you get plus 50 base damage you're doing uh you're spamming a pure damage nuke uh constantly in lane that is doing like starting out like 100 pure damage and quickly going up to 300 and then later on you get the shard which gives you uh and a uh, hammer of purity on your auto attack every six seconds. So now you can hit them once with a hammer of purity doing 350 pure damage and then hit them with a melee attack that does hammer of purity for another 350 pure damage. Okay, so all of a sudden you've done 700 pure damage burst, right? Mm -hmm. You combine that with a harpoon, which is echo saber, so that's even more burst damage, right? Now you're getting the hammer of purity plus an extra auto attack on top of that. Uh, you're also uh, being able to stick on top of them. You add in the extra strength that you're getting off of your W. You get talents that buff up your thing. Not only the 50 base damage, but the level 20 uh, buffs Hammer of Purity's damage, I believe. And there's another one. The, I don't remember what it is, but there's another one that buffs it up as well. 
So it, <laughs> this hero, I'm playing like Timbersaw. I'm getting destroyed by Omni Knight. Thinking strength versus strength hero, no problem. This guy is taking away 75% of my health in one blinking double hammer of purity hit and a purification on top of that. Don't forget purification is pure damage too. So you're easily able to jump on top of somebody and do like a thousand plus pure damage with nothing more than just like blink harpoon. That'll you kill start a lot getting of supports. Like, yeah, you start getting like a, a heart. Okay, now you're amping up your, your damage even more, right? Now you're amping up your base damage, which is amping up your hammer purity damage, and it's just... It, doing way too much so way too cheap uh, way too much damage i actually kind of hate it right now but it's also it feels I, really good when you're if i click it. safe lane with omni knight everybody's gonna think i'm just playing support yeah i mean play it offline then play it offline and then play it like a carry there's very little difference between the side lanes in general so it's true it's true okay so so i i should i should fuck around with omni knight i know that people i, I said abaddon and i know that people have been playing it have people been playing that as a core uh yes it doesn't feel as good to me um more tank, as less a burst. core yeah i actually feel like maybe it's more of a support um part of this is just the general barrier change that has made a bad more successful he's also mm -hmm. really good with the tranquil's drums upgraded bongo boots build mm -hmm. um that item feels really good i mean the support items to get right now are pavis uh the the drum boots and more people are going medallion uh i don't know if that is gonna keep staying a thing um and then your offlaner will get like crimson guard usually because crimson guard still is kind of busted i don't know why they didn't change the formula on that but it's straight up busted and then um <laughs> and then you know obviously if it's a crimson guard game or if it's a pipe game maybe guardian greaves uh and you get these team fight items and I don't know certain changes i feel like people are there's a lot more hp on heroes so you can easily see supports with over 2000 hp you easily see cords with over three or four thousand hp um so it makes these aura items more effective as well can can you humor me with a couple more because at this point i'm just curious for my own learning sure um um <clears throat> I, I'm I'm actually just pulling up the stats to see what heroes are performing like really well right now, and also okay. uh, like like number of matches played. And we're seeing not only a fuck ton of matches, but also an absurdly high win rate on Silencer, which I've seen in a bunch of um, competitive games too. What's what's the story right now for people who don't know why Silencer is succeeding? Uh, How is he being? Played? I don't really know. You don't really know. Uh, I I like I've run into it enough times. I haven't actually played it myself. I mean, mm -hmm. this hero got buffed up. Um, in previous patches with like, I think the curse does more creep damage. Uh, you do instant damage when you hit curse. They, like there was some damage scaling going up there. Um, the curse plus last word combo does do a lot of damage, but I don't, what I don't know is that like that these were all things that were already kind of happening. I don't know why he's more successful in this patch as opposed to the previous patch. Mm -hmm. Um, that is the part that I don't really understand. Um, so I couldn't really tell you. Maybe it has to do with itemization. Um, not sure. Is is honestly. last? Is it like a talent or a shard or what, what is applying last word on global? I th I think that I've seen a lot of people, myself included, like tick down unsuspectedly to getting to getting like bonus dot damage from silencer that I wasn't expecting. 
Oh, is that a is that a shard? It might be. I mean, I I can I can pull it up right here. I'm, oh. I'm going to look at that Ooh. while you tell me why Darkseer is like the second highest. I mean, I, I, right I, now. I think, for example, Ancient Apparition is pretty decent uh, in part because of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Because his new shard gives you an additional stun, which is really, really nice. Um, so it's possible that something like that actually adds enough quality to that hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the shard and eggs are the same. The shard is the, the right-click one where before attacks you get a silence, which is pretty much meaningless until you get into like super late-game territory. Um, and the last word is still the AoE ability. The AoE one on, on eggs, yeah. Yeah, so are you sure you were... <laughs> Maybe I, mean, I could just be talking on my ass. I, I, I felt like I was dying. I, I, I was getting extra dots on me that I just wasn't expecting. Mm. And, and it was becoming problematic. Mm. And the hero was just like annoying. So maybe there's like a, some bonus juice to that hero because people in the orbit are just being confused by it. That, yeah. that, that, that's okay. my best guess at the moment. Um, Darkseer seems to be doing pretty well. Have you played any Darkseer? Yeah, so any hero that is able to... Batrider is another good example of this. Uh, any hero that is able to build Arcane Boots Vanguard. Um, these two items are incredibly good. Because they're naturally just... They're feel-good items, right? You get a Vanguard in lane, you're like, I'm invincible. You get Arcane Boots, I'm able to spam my spells all the time. This is fantastic. The part that makes them broken together is that they are feel-good early items. But they do not necessarily scale into the late game. What you're able to do, though, is they're both dissemblable. So you could disassemble your Vanguard and disassemble your Arcane Boots, and you can you already have a significant portion of an Octarine. Uh, so any hero that uses Octarine uh, and then takes any sort of advantage of Arcane Boots and Vanguard. Um, so like, you know, Batrider, you wouldn't necessarily think as a Vanguard hero, but it's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, that and so you're able to do that. You make an Octarine. All of a sudden, you're uh, you're able to farm even faster. That's what Octarine does for these heroes. Uh, Doom, Batrider, Darkseer, right? They complete their Octarine. They farm even faster. Then you're able to, you know, go back and get Crimson Guards, Boots of Travel, Guardian Greaves, like whatever it is your your team needs from there. Um, it is a slower buildup, and I think it is punishable. But again especially in pubs uh i think games are there's more room for you to farm than ever before so you can kind of do this uh greedy idea i mean one of the most successful pro heroes in the patch right now is doom who every single time is building uh Handamitis octarine boots of travel which is the the greediest build known to man it's the merlini build <laughs> on god every game merlini builds boots of travel and he likes building the hand of Midas, and I bet he's a big fan of Octarine. All of a sudden, you put all of those three items on one hero. It's the That's greediest greed. thing you've ever seen in your life, and yet it works every single time. So, specifically on Doom, because of the bonus income, probably helps. Yeah, exactly. Octarine gives you uh, CDR lower on cooldown on Devour, Devour as well. So it you know you really start amping up, and then you get into your your uh, big team fight items very quickly. I played a game so. of Jakiro support. It felt really good. I have a sample size of one, but uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, Ice Path lasts longer than it used to. That's all. That's all I really know about that hero. I can't Ash. imagine that hero is actually good, but okay. Well, so, I mean, we'll we'll see if it gets more support play. The one I think that confuses me is Clinks. 
because we saw Clinks uh, start <laughs> out the patch and have like the lowest win rate of any hero ever, probably because no one knew how the changes worked or playing it wrong. Yes. But then we saw Clinks come up and get played as like a one two and then we saw clanks come and get played by like a lot of position fours at the major so like can you just let me what is the clink story and how do you either okay. play it now or be scared of it now or work with it clinks 100 percent had a win rate problem because nobody knew how to play him uh, people were thinking he was a core people were buying like the shard because that's how like, okay, maybe I tar bomb and I have the shard and I burning barrage them, you know, because that's how your conception of old clinks works. But you got to get with the times. It's a new world out there, Joey. It's a new clinks. He's a new man and he's a four position. It is crit's dream. He's, the wettest dream he's ever had has been clinks being a viable support hero. Uh, and we're finally here. So the build is that you go, um, you max out tar bomb. Um, you and what, what, get, what does tar bomb do? Tar bomb, you're able to spam it on people. Um, it basically lets it slows him down and lets your attacks and your skeletons attacks do extra damage. So that part, that's okay. You don't get the extra skeletons until you have your level six. Mm -hmm. um, so you know there is some loss factor there, but essentially you kind of throw this tar bomb at them. It does a bit of damage. You right click them a bunch. You're able to, to do more damage than they're able to do to you because you know they're sitting in the tar or whatever. Um, this starts getting amped up more and more, right? So all of a sudden they're in the tar. Oh, they're also getting blood grenaded. Oh, they're slowed down even more. So now they're taking more right clicks than they were before. Uh, you you are hard to fight back because you have death pacts level one or, or level two rather so you have some sort of self-sustain so it, you're doing more damage to them and you're able to have a heal on yourself okay that's gonna feel pretty good is then death pack still strength. generating gold uh i mean you're killing a creep yes yeah, okay uh that scales so I've seen some clinks max that max that out so they can get they can kill hard camp creeps with it but uh, level one, it's basically killing. It's you're mostly going to kill lane creeps uh, mm -hmm. in that regard. But then you get strafe, then you're attacking faster. Then you get phylactery. Okay, now when you put tar bomb on them, they're also taking the phylactery damage, and they're being slowed down even more. Okay, that feels nice. Uh, that feels pretty nice. Then you get solar crest. All of a sudden, your magic damage is re your your physical damage is really amping up with the minus armor because you put it on it, and you have your skeletons pop out. Uh, when you hit somebody and tons of physical damage, right? All of this sounds really cute, but I still think that the thing that really makes this hero broken is how effective it is at just farming wherever you want to farm. I farmed so many ancients on clinks when I played clinks at like level seven. Supports aren't supposed to be doing ancients at level seven. But you can, you can just do it because you're a ranged hero, your tar bomb helps kill them and your tar bomb uh, is amping up your skeletons damage and your skeletons just kind of hang around. So you can kill ancients uh, pretty well as clinks. You also are an invis hero, so you are able to do a lot of scouting, which 
knowing where the enemy is is really big right now because of the bigger map so clinks and bounty hunter are very helpful in that regard and these heroes are also great for being able to steal wisdom runes and what's next to the wisdom rune oh yeah ancients so clinks can kind of just like live in that area around the you know the well maybe not seven minute mark but like the four, the 13 minute mark go farm some ancients sit on that wisdom rune steal it away from them you those levels are just going to make you even stronger for farming more ancients next thing you know you have an orchid you become you start becoming a regular their core your four position is turned into a core by like 25 minutes it sounds like a great hero for me who doesn't actually play support well slash at all so i can yeah, just, just want to be a core secretly so i can just kind of support and right click and lane do some like wave management for you know 10 ish minutes hang out with yeah. my friend collect some runes and then suddenly when my team's doing fuck all and i don't know how to support them at all because nothing's mm. happening i just go wander around and eat some creeps and kill some ancients and then suddenly i'm just kind of like a weak core who can still maybe get in the back line it's also really helpful when you have, um, as a support, a shard that's useful. And Clinks, because he scales quite well, getting a free shard out of the Tormentor at some point in time and just getting, you know, the Burning Barrage, um, that is that is a nice little bump as well. It's not a requirement, but I do think it's generally something you want to think about a little bit. Um, if your support shard is good, it is not the reason you should pick it, but it's nice i've seen plenty of games where in professional games where the two supports have really dog shit shards not useful at all um and that's still fine but i do think it is a nice bonus when you have it that's kind of my only sticking point i think with the the patch that made me feel kind of icky aside from the fact that if i'm not playing in a stack killing a tormentor felt impossible for a week and a half um the idea that you don't really have control where that shard's going to, and sometimes it's just feels like a useless amount of gold, or like it's not really impactful anytime soon, because you don't really have entry, uh, agency over who it's getting towards, is is probably like my one little, little, little nitpick with that system. Yeah, I do wonder if they considered having it drop a shard um and then they decided on this formula, because they, they probably, if I had to guess... I'm going to take a wild guess here and say that like playtesting, <laughs> they probably, I, I bet they, they beta tested it and they felt like playing support was really miserable. Um, and maybe that's, you know, part of it was where they came up with wisdom runes. I, I'm not entirely sure, but uh, I bet playing support was really miserable. So they made it so that shard instead of dropping automatically went to the lowest net worth heroes, um, which could, I think is kind of interesting, but if it went there but didn't get consumed so maybe you can have a choice to swap it between one of those or like no um, you have to make it you have to force it on them because if you give it to the support then that just becomes an, an object of grief right because you're no longer giving you yeah you're giving that person the choice of giving it to your core but when your core is telling you fuck you suka blat give me shard or i grief you know like is it really a choice or are you just putting yourself in a, a position to uh, to, to, to be to ruin abused, your own game. <laughs> verbally abused, you know? Yeah, like you have to force it on the, the, the supports. Otherwise, I will never get it. That's just that's just like in, in a game like Dota. It's just that's just the way it is. Yeah, I, yeah that's true. Um, I've also liked playing Morita and that, that that that's the end of my thoughts on the patch. OK, well, that hero's not great anymore. 
no. was bugged at the start, but that, 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 bug, that bug went away, and so did Muerta. I don't know. It was fun playing a new carry. Yeah. Even though it's kind of boring compared to other heroes with like fun new abilities, like your ability is like don't take physical damage, shoot through BKB. Like big, you can try big, big Legion picture Commander. Kind of, kind of boring. I think Legion Commander is a decent carry right now. If you want, if you want something a little bit off the beaten path. Uh yeah, I I can see Legion Commander. I'm gonna play I more around play with Omni Troll. Knight. Definitely. Play I, I I will play Omni Knight. I liked playing Luna, but it didn't feel very good. Um, I thought Huskar was going to be a little bit better than it was. Uh, I thought Razor was going to be a little more effective than Razor was. Uh, Yo, are you are you by any chance? Are you an Arc Warden player? No, I never learned, okay. but I probably could be. Uh, I, I know that it takes time to get there, and I probably don't have the time or the will to get there, but. I'm if, good. I think at now heroes. is a great time to get into Arc Warden. Now is a great time to get into it because I think this hero is actually kind of a sleeper because it's got a broken mechanic. Also, it's less split pushy than before. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, I think it's less micro intensive. Obviously, in team fights, it's still the same, um, but you don't have to. It, it's less overall taxing, right? When you don't have to be like constantly split pushing because you're, they disincentivize that aspect by putting prob- a penalty on it. Yeah, you're, you're probably feeding less Tempest doubles, too, if you're just kind of using it as, like, a farming mechanism occasionally or yeah, often on yeah. cooldown, right? Like, you're injecting less gold to the other team, which is probably a good feeling. Okay, so here's my pitch, though, of why Arc Warden is a sleeper hero and why it has a broken mechanic. The broken mechanic is Magnetic Field. The new Arc Warden has two different versions of himself and the dire version of him or I, I don't know what to call him I'm, I'm calling the dire it, Tempest double I'm, I'm looking at the ability now like is there an actual term for this I should probably know this the Tempest double is the duplicate but like how do you tell the difference alright if he's on Radiant it's the dire version of Arc Warden uh, which means it's your Tempest double if you're on dire side, then you start off with this. Magnetic field gives you bonus magic damage for all the range heroes inside of that bubble. Mm-hmm. You combine bonus magic damage with your radiant bubble, which is giving you tons of attack speed, and it's giving you uh, the dire one also gives you attack range. You combine attack speed with bonus magic damage on hit you combine that with the hero that can create two versions of themselves right all of a sudden 80 bonus magic damage a hit becomes like kind of in a way 160 right what if you get manta okay that's three more illusions or that's two more illusions yeah but no it's actually four more illusions all of a sudden you've got six units all hitting for a bonus 80 magic damage per hit do Roshan with that. It's free. It's so free. Get a Manta, do Roche. It's the it's it'll probably easier than Ursa soloing it. Because you don't even have to tank it. Just let your illusions do it. Or your Tempest double. He can't even hit you because you're inside of the bubble. It's so much magic damage. It's intense. The hero may not be good, but this broken this is a broken mechanic. I am certain of it. 
So in order for me to try this, what I need to do is I need to figure out in a practice lobby for like an hour how to hit the buttons correctly, and then I need to play like three bot games to figure out the buttons correctly, and then I will take it into a it's public match. It's not that much. It's two units. You you go to unit one, hit Manta. Hit go to unit two, hit Manta, and then do the control right click on whatever unit, so all your units are hitting this one thing. Drop down a kinetic uh, field. Drop down a kinetic. Drop down field. your bubbles. Yeah. Okay. I don't understand that there's different Tempest doubles based on which side of the map you're playing. <laughs> yeah, that part's weird. The, I mean, the biggest thing about that is, again, the dire version gives you the bonus magic damage. The flux change... Is, is, I, is that based uh, on like really what care. team you're on or what side of the map you're on? No, it's based off of what team you're on. So Arc Warden plays differently based on what uh, yes. team you're on? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know so that. Whatever, yeah, so if you're on if you're on Dire side, your Tempest double is the Radiant version. Is, that's how we think about it in my head. I, I'm not sure if they've actually given terms. I wish they would call them different things. So, wow. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Today, today I learned that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird thing. That's the first time but, that there's ever been like a like a team dependent hero. Does does one does Arc Warden on one team have a higher win rate than the other team i would imagine so yeah that's probably some numbers that uh valve are definitely watching closely yeah. like i wonder um, if it's objectively better to play like radiant arc warden the times that i've seen in professional play have been radiant uh, um i don't know exactly why or if that is even a factor maybe they just decided to pick it up because the yeah, I mean, so the Spark Wraith and, and Flux are different, but I'm not even necessarily sure if they're, those those changes are nearly as impactful as the magnetic field change. I feel like the magnetic field is way more impactful than whatever the faster Spark Wraith or the Flux that does more damage but slows you less. Like, I, I, I'm not even sure if those are really that big of a deal, but the magnetic field one is different enough that it is important. One of my good friends is a, uh, like top 300 arc warden spammer i'll have to ask him questions and then figure out i'll find out he's pleased for like a thousand games um okay well on that note i am <clears throat> 10 minutes late for a meeting that i have to go to recording this podcast <laughs> okay. in the middle of the day so i'm i'm gonna wrap it there and say uh 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 we'll we'll be back next week i'll if i finish zelda play more dota games and continue some of these conversations but that okay i mean i might just play a little more zelda um when are you you're staying in la at least until bali eh? uh until sweden Dream Sweet. oh dream lake which is like yeah, in three so, weeks two weeks yeah a couple, yeah three weeks probably man you're gonna get that delta you're, you're, you're gonna be platinum by the end of the year buddy um we'll see <laughs> if i can I, get delta flights all the time yeah, please uh got mine to japan it was great anywho uh, uh see y'all the, the, the next week no, no more no more five week break sorry about that bye